0: This is the Northwestern Medicine Pod Talk. Here's Melanie Cole. Welcome. Our topic today is understanding multiple sclerosis. And my guest is Dr. Carolyn Bevan. She's a neurologist specializing in multiple sclerosis at Northwestern Memorial Hospital. Dr. Bevan, let's start with a working definition for the listeners. What is MS?
1: Sure. And thank you so much for having me. Multiple sclerosis is a chronic disease where the immune system attacks the myelin, which is the insulated covering of the nerves in the brain and spinal cord. So these attacks cause inflammation and leave scars in the brain and cord, and we can see those on an MRI. And people with multiple sclerosis have neurologic symptoms that can affect their vision, weakness, sensory stuff, balance, bladder, all sorts of things.
0: So then tell us, do we know the cause and also who's at greatest risk? Are there certain risk factors? Is there a genetic component? So speak about the etiology a little bit and the risk factors.
1: Sure. So we know that multiple sclerosis is a disease that more often affects younger people. So the average age at diagnosis is in the mid-30s. And we know that for the most common kind of MS, which is the relapsing kind of MS, women are more often affected than men. There is a small genetic risk uh, with multiple sclerosis. However, the, the risk genes for multiple sclerosis are really common in the general population. And we know, for example, that even in monozygotic twins, so twins that have exactly the same DNA, the risk of a twin getting MS if one of the twins has MS is only 30%. So that means that there is a big environmental piece to multiple sclerosis. And we don't exactly know what that environmental piece is. We know that some things like low vitamin D and smoking, maybe obesity early in life, and possibly even the bacteria that live in our gut may be risk factors for getting multiple sclerosis. But there's no one thing that we know to be the cause of multiple sclerosis.
0: And are there different types
1: there are different types of multiple sclerosis. The most common type is this relapsing form of multiple sclerosis where people experience episodes of neurologic symptoms that last for days to weeks and then kind of periods of recovery. And that recovery may be complete, but it, they may be left with symptoms uh, from that attack. And about 80 to 90% of people with multiple sclerosis have that kind of MS. Then a smaller number, so like 10 to 15% of people, will have a, a form of progressive multiple sclerosis called primary progressive, where instead of having these episodes, they have worsening from onset that's kind of slow over months to years. And then there's a third type of MS where people start with a relapsing course, and then over a long period of time, like 10 to 20 years after their initial diagnosis, they start to develop a progressive course, and that's called secondary progressive MS.
0: One of the things we've heard about over the years, Dr. Bevan, with MS is that it's so hard to diagnose. Tell us a little bit about some of the red flags, symptoms that would send somebody to see a neurologist in the first place. And then what would you do to diagnose it? How do you figure it out?
1: Yeah. so, So you're right that MS can be very tricky to diagnose. And MS is a clinical diagnosis first. And what I mean by that is that the most important thing that should make a person think about MS are certain symptoms and certain things that we see on the neurologic exam. And so, you know, today we are all so focused on different fancy labs and images, but at the end of the day, we first and always have to listen to our patients first and understand the symptoms that they're going through and then do a very careful neurologic exam. And then based on that, then we kind of do the next steps, which is getting MRIs and blood work and sometimes even a spinal tap or a lumbar puncture. So the symptoms that people may have with multiple sclerosis, one of the most common ways that people present is with something called optic neuritis, where you may lose vision in one eye with some pain on eye movement um, that kind of maybe colors look a little bit different out of that eye. It happens over a period of days and then usually gets better. Um, so that's one way they can present. Often people develop double vision or trouble with balance or coordination. Uh, another type of symptom may involve the spinal cord, and that symptom kind of usually consists of weakness or numbness that's usually more on one side than the other. Sometimes people may have trouble walking or trouble with their bowels or bladder. Um, And then there are other symptoms that people with multiple sclerosis may deal with that are a little less specific for multiple sclerosis, like things like fatigue, for example, trouble with their memory, concentration, or attention. So there are a lot of symptoms and, and many of them are not specific for multiple sclerosis, but that's why we have to put the whole picture together.
0: So since multiple sclerosis is not curable, correct? It's mostly about managing the symptoms, managing or slowing down the progression. There's so many promising new therapies. Speak about how it's treated and managing the many medications that someone with MS might have to take. What do you tell them about dealing with it day by day?
1: Yeah. So there are, you're right, there are a lot of medications and a lot of different types of medications that we use to help uh, a person with multiple sclerosis. The so one category of treatments is the preventive therapies, and we call these the disease-modifying therapies. So these therapies change how the immune system works. They prevent relapses and they prevent new lesions from forming on the brain MRI. Uh There are many different kinds of them. Most of them are are approved for relapsing multiple sclerosis. They are injectables. There are pills. There are IV infusions. And they all have different efficacy and different safety profiles. Um, So that's one category. These therapies do not reverse the symptoms, though, of attacks that people may have had in the past. And so there is another important category of treatment, which is the symptomatic treatment. And So people with multiple sclerosis may have nerve pain, they may have spasms, they may have bladder problems, fatigue, and we have many different treatment options to just help them manage those symptoms. That's always important to remember that prevention isn't the only part of multiple sclerosis. And then there's another category for people who are having relapses. So like you said, there's not a cure. And some of our, our more modern disease-modifying therapies are very effective, but nothing is 100% effective. So even people on disease-modifying therapies may still experience attacks. And some of those people experiencing attacks may require treatment with, with a drug called corticosteroids, most commonly solumedrol by IV, for very short courses of you know, three to five days just to help speed up recovery from attacks. So that's a different kind of category of treatment. And of course, we always emphasize diet and lifestyle changes. So exercise, nutrition, and just general self-care are so important for people with multiple sclerosis. And then also we have our our future goals for treatment. And so this is, of course, we want better treatment for people with progressive multiple sclerosis, and we also want to develop strategies for remyelination and
0: repair. Is that where you see the future going? Give us a little blueprint of where you see the future, because as you've discussed, Dr. Bevan, the different medications and, and modifying the disease course, there's injectables and there's orals, there's infused medications, and it's, it's a lot to take in it's a lot for people to try and understand. Where do you see the future going for this?
1: It is so much information to take in, and I think that is one of the biggest challenges of helping a person with multiple sclerosis who is newly diagnosed is just taking in all of the information at hand. I think right now we have some very highly effective treatments for relapsing multiple sclerosis, but we have we have just such few options for people with progressive multiple sclerosis. And I think that is a very important goal of the future. And I think we are getting there. There are promising trials that suggest that there are medications in the pipeline for people with progressive MS um, that, that may provide some meaningful benefit. And then the other part of this is is reversing the damage that has already been done, whether that's by stimulating the stem cells that we have in our in our bodies to help repair or or wrap rewrap myelin around those nerves, um, or finding other ways to reroute around areas of injury so that people with multiple sclerosis can have less symptoms and, and better function and better quality of life. And of course, the goal you know, the golden uh, future uh, 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 that we all hope for one day is a cure.
0: Certainly. And and it's such great information. Dr. Bevan, wrap it up for us. What you would like people who have MS or listeners who know someone or have a loved one about looking forward to the future and your best advice for living that healthy lifestyle, even with MS. Yeah.
1: So multiple sclerosis is a disease that affects people who are young, who have families and careers and we live in a time where there is so much hope. So even though it can be an overwhelming thing to be diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, there are so many options for treatment and for management. So I would encourage people who are who are living with multiple sclerosis to reach out to a neurologist and 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 allow themselves to rely on the support and love of their family and friends uh, as they deal with this diagnosis. Um, But there is a lot of hope now, and I think the goal that we all have is to support people with multiple sclerosis to live their best life and fulfill all the goals that they have regardless of their diagnosis.
0: What a wonderful outlook you have, and I can hear the passion in your voice, Dr. Bevan, for this particular disorder that you work so hard to help people with. Thank you again for joining us today and for sharing your expertise, explaining all of this, because it can be quite confusing. Thanks again. You're listening to Northwestern Medicine Pod Talk. For more information on the latest advances in medicine, please visit nm.org. That's nm.org. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in.